Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, love people, and reach our world. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to gracelife.church. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the gracelife.church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Good, good. Hey, I am Brandon Henry. I am one of the directors here, uh, youth directors here uh, at Grace Life. Thank you guys for letting me speak. But I want to start off with some good news, all right? I realize Pastor Jimmy always likes to come up here with good news, and I realize why. It like, makes you guys excited and smiling before I even get to speak. So you guys ready for some good news? The new year comes in like a couple of days. You guys ready for that? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, so who came to one of Grace Life's uh, Christmas services? That's six of them. Who came... Give it up for the team that did that. It was awesome. Here's some good news with that. So we had 1,918 people show up to our six services. What? Wow, that is awesome. And here's what's cool. I came to Monday. Monday was gross. Who came to Monday night? Anybody come to Monday night? It was gross. It was raining. And I expected to be a little turnout. It was, a, it was a, a really good turnout. But here's what's really cool is we had salvations on Sunday, on Monday, and on Tuesday. We had 10 salvations uh, for the six days. So give it up. That was awesome. So let me tell you a little bit about me. Like I said, I'm Brandon. I'm one of the youth directors here at Grace Life. I'm also married to this lovely lady right here on the front row named Mary. And uh, been married for going on seven years. That's exciting. Uh, and so I also, I might be known as the Chipotle guy. Yeah, maybe. So, so I uh, am an area manager, district manager, whatever you call them. We call them a field leader. But I have been a field leader for Chipotle for the past couple years, been with them for about eight years. Uh, and, and if you haven't noticed, if you've been at Grace Life for longer than a couple years, uh, Pastor Jimmy used to always preach about Moe's. And that was kind of what he would always say to gather your attention and be like, hey, I know you're thinking about Moe's and what you're going to get. Uh, you notice he stopped doing that out of respect for me. So I appreciate it, Pastor Jimmy. Uh, and that's why we also sometimes at First Step have Chipotle is because of me. So I'm just kidding. But uh, been with Chipotle, love it. Uh, but one of the biggest things that I've always wanted to do and what I felt called to do was, was youth ministry. It's what I decided when I was like in fifth grade that I wanted to do is like, I want to be in ministry, I want to be a pastor, and I want to work with youth. And so I've been planning on doing that <laughs> the majority of my life. I went to college uh, and studied youth ministry, and I was a youth pastor, full-time ministry at 19. That's crazy, right? Uh, it was a bad decision. I don't know whose idea that was. That was a bad decision. So anyway, I did youth ministry full-time uh, for a couple years, and uh, I was actually on staff at a church, and my wife said, hey, I really feel like the Lord's calling us to go check out somewhere else. I said, it don't work like that, baby. Uh, uh, I'm on staff here. I don't get to just go to another church. And uh, she said, let's check it out. And she goes, listen, I'm not going back to church there this week. I'm going to Grace Life, so uh, you can hopefully see me there. And so I, I, what I did literally is when I was done uh, with I did offering, so just right after the message, I got up and, and did offering. As soon as I got done with offering, I jumped in my car, and I, well, I came all the way to Grace Life for third service and did that for a couple months and, and then just fell in love with Grace Life and felt like the Lord was calling us here, and uh, we've been here for almost four years. That's crazy, uh, but... Uh, I've been uh, helping out with the youth ministry here for the past couple of years, and it's been uh, pretty exciting. But like I said before, I knew I wanted to do youth ministry. So everything I did, like I, I wanted to be like my youth pastor, or I wanted to be like other youth pastors. And so I kind of like 
uh, you know, I was like the suck up to my youth pastor. Anybody know like a suck up to a teacher or a boss? Like I was that guy, okay? So I sucked up to my youth pastor. I literally was like, hey, Pastor Billy, I, I, I want to do whatever you want me to do. And so one year we were at camp. Who's ever been to church camp? Youth church camp? All you guys that raised your hands, I need leaders come August, so uh, I'm putting your names down. Just kidding. No, so uh, I was at youth camp. We were in the middle of South Carolina at a camp called River Oaks Retreat Center in Possum Kingdom, South Carolina. Has anybody heard of Possum Kingdom, South Carolina? No? It's, it's a real place, okay? It's a real place. And so... I was at camp there, I was probably about 16, and I told my youth pastor, remember, because I like to suck up, I told him, I said, hey, I'll do whatever you need me to do this week, let me know, and I was hoping, like, it would be cool, like, I could, like, get up on stage, or, uh, but he was like, yeah, I got a job for you, so meet me Monday during free time, and I was like, free time, so I'm supposed to hang out with the girls, and, like, go swimming, and and do all that stuff, and and so I was like, all right, sure, Pastor Billy, I got you. So I met him in front of uh, the volleyball courts and in front of the nurse's station. He said, Brandon, I got a good idea. I said, okay, cool. What do you want me to do? And he said, we're going to build a, a tent and we're going to have a prayer time for people during free time. If they want a prayer or they want to talk about something, we'll have some youth pastors in the tent and, and you can hang out. I was like, sure. So let's build this tent. And listen, if you, you guys have been around Grace Life for a while, if you haven't, you saw that nice black tent out there that uh, welcomes all of our guests as welcome to Grace Life. That's a cool tent. Like, that's one that's easy. You just pull it apart and you lift it up and it's done. This is 15, 16 years ago where you had to piece together every metal bar. So they were like three feet long and you had to piece them together. And I I don't know what I'm doing, all right? So I'm not a builder, all right? I can't do that. And neither did my youth pastor. He had no clue what he was doing. And so we're over there and we're struggling to put together this tent. I even recruited some friends. So I asked my friend Andy to come over. And for probably about 30 minutes... We were stuck putting this tent up, and, and it, was, it was getting frustrating. My youth pastor, he was like the most humble guy in the whole world. Like he never got mad. He never got angry. But he was bald, and so every once in a while when he got flustered, the top of his head would turn red. I'm looking at somebody who the top of their head might be red here too. I'm just kidding. No. So um, anyway, I... Uh, I'm, I'm noticing his frustration. He's getting frustrated, and uh, we're putting this tent together, and there's some people playing at the volleyball court, and then our, also our nurse there, her name's Miss Michelle. She was sitting uh, on the rocking chair making fun of us putting this tent together. And so probably 45 minutes goes by at this point, and everybody leaves. So like the people hanging out, the volleyball court walks away, the nurse walks away, and Andy had this uh, question for my youth pastor, and he said, hey, Pastor Billy, I got a question. Pastor Billy goes, okay, Andy, what's up? He goes, hey, now that all the girls left, can we pull out the instructions? <laughs> and it was so funny because in all seriousness, like he died because he really thought that my youth pastor wasn't pulling out the instructions because he was trying to like prove himself. And, and men, we do that all the time, right? And what's funny is as I planned this message, I've caught myself like three times opening up something. It's Christmas. I have a nine-year-old at home, so we've bought her some stuff that we need to open up and put together. And uh, even yesterday, I got a new router and a modem from Spectrum, and I opened the box. I get super excited, and first thing I do is I threw away the instructions, right? Why do we do that, men? We do it so much. And I threw it away, and you know the first instruction on that sheet of paper? It said, call Spectrum. I tried to put it together, all right? So I wasted my time, and and as I look back at life and in times where I needed to look at instructions or uh, get directions, it it didn't really work out because I'm a man. I got it, right? My dad, when we go on road trips, I remember one time, I literally, seriously, I think I passed this Chick-fil-A like five times. I was like, Dad, can we please stop for directions? He's like, no, I know what I'm doing. 
And men, we get so caught up in this world of we don't need instructions, we don't need direction because we want to prove ourselves, right? Amen, men? Women, I'm not going to talk about you. You guys can relate this message however you want to your own life. Uh, I'm just going to talk to men now. So anyway, but I think all of us look for, uh, look for approval. We want people to approve us, uh, to like us, to care for us. And, and listen, I was that guy, and, and even sometimes still today, I look for approval from people left and right. Even in that moment, hanging out with my youth pastor, like I was looking for approval of like, hey, I, I want to be the next you. I want to be cool. I want to be the next youth pastor. I want to be well-known. And so even in that little series of me putting up a tent, my motives were I wanted approval. And I think you guys look for approval too, and you can look for approval in all different types of way. Maybe you look for approval in your spouse. Listen, you know, maybe you're on your second marriage because your first marriage didn't work out, and you're on your second one, and, and you just, anytime she says to do something, you're just like, okay, and you don't fight back, you don't argue, you don't, you don't bicker, you just go with whatever she wants, and sometimes that might be letting a conviction slide or a standard slide because you want this marriage to work, right? You know, and so you're like, hey, I'm just going to do whatever she says, cool, and be passive. Maybe you're looking for approval in your children. You want to be cool, you want to be hip. Uh, I use a word today in my message that uh, when I get to it, you guys will laugh because the only reason I'm using that word is to be cool in front of the students, right? I'm looking for approval. But you as a parent, maybe you're looking for approval in your children. And let me tell you something. I've been doing youth ministry for, like I said, 10, 11 years. And this generation is completely different than the generation that I, I, I first started youth pastoring. This generation's hard, they're honest, they're open, they're transparent, they don't care. They will post something on Instagram and then come to church raising their hands, and they want people to be real and authentic. So parents, if you're in there and you're trying to impress your kids, stop, please. Like seriously, they need you to be real, they need to know your struggles, they need to know where you're at, how you think things, how you view things. They just need you to be a real person to them because they want authenticity. And, and so maybe you're looking to be cool, you're looking to be that cool parent, don't. Third, and maybe you're looking uh, for approval from your parents. I got this one in life a little bit because uh, my dad didn't really come to a lot of my sporting events. And it was because he worked. Uh, he would make them when he could. But uh, truth of the matter was is my two older brothers were way better at sports than I was. So he didn't really come to my stuff. But for a long time, I was, I was wanting to impress my dad. And so I, I would practice harder because I wanted his approval. I, I would, uh, you know, plan. I would hit better. I would, I would ask for, you know, hey, coach, can you give me some pointers? Because I wanted to be the best I could because I was looking for the approval of my father. And I think some of you guys get caught up in that too. You just want to impress your parents. You want to show them that you are worth a darn, that you're good enough, that you're great, that you're going to be better than they are. And, and it could be a good thing or a bad thing. You can be trying to impress them or you can just trying to ruin their life. However, But you're looking for approval in that type of way. Maybe you're looking for approval with your career, your profession. You're looking for approval from a boss or some coworkers. So you want to fit in. You want this job to last. And you get so caught up on waiting for other people's approval. And you say, hey, last, you know, hey, Brandon, I'm not a people pleaser. I am, okay? I'm going to tell you that. That's something I struggle with. Hi, I'm Brandon Henry. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ who struggles with codependency. All right? That is, I'm a people pleaser. And, and so you say, hey, I'm not a people pleaser. I don't care about that stuff. I, I bet you if you say that, you're probably trying to please yourself. Maybe you're selfish. Maybe, you know, you're self-centered. You're self-focused. But wanting approval from others or even yourself can cause you to miss your destiny. I'll say it again. Wanting approval from your others or yourself can cause you to miss your destiny. We've been in Galatians for the past couple weeks. It has been a good series. Everybody enjoy it so far? 
Yeah, it's been a great series, and, and Paul has uh, said some wise things that hopefully we can learn from, and Pastor Jimmy has done an amazing job for the past couple weeks of relating your life to Paul's and, and, and trying to compare, and so I want to dig into a little bit of Paul's early life uh, before, you know, before we talk about Paul in the New Testament, who Paul was. So, who's better to talk about Paul than Paul? So what we're going to do is I'm going to put it up on the screen. If you don't have your Bibles, don't worry about it, okay? Uh, Galatians 1, 11 through 15, and I'm going to read it right there. Uh, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor I was taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I, would advance, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my father. But when he who has set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach among the Gentiles. So Paul is telling a little bit of his story. Does anybody know Paul's name before he came to know Jesus? Saul. So, so if I say Paul or Saul, same guy, right? Uh, Saul before Jesus, Paul after Jesus. That work? You guys get that? Yeah, cool. I'm used to dealing with students, so I expect people to talk back or play on their phones. Or, so I, I might look for your, uh, your nods or your words every once in a while. So Saul, uh, at this time Paul, like I said, uh, he's giving a little bit of his story, and he's talking about how he was raising in the ranks uh, as, in Judaism. And so Paul was like the man, all right? As I said, I'm going to use a word. He was like the goat, right? Goat stands for greatest of all times. So, so he was raising in the ranks, and he wasn't the high priest, but he was on his way to be the next man. Like, he, he was the next man. He was the right-hand man. He was the coolest guy. He had people who followed him. He, wanted, he had people who wanted to be like him. And so what he did for a living, he talks about, he said he persecuted the church violently. Uh, and so what he did was he would go around and he would kill anybody or torture people or punish people who said that they followed Jesus. Now Jews, we're going to talk about Jews real quick. Jews believed in God, but Christians, this is the change in that time when you hear this, Christians believed that Jesus was the Messiah who came and died on the cross for our sins. All right, so you had Jews who believed in God, and then you had you know, Jewish Christians, or, or we call them Christians, uh, that believed that Jesus was the Messiah. He came and died on the cross and so Paul would kill anybody who says they were a Christian. And that was his job. That's what he did for a living. And he said he was raising in the ranks. He was growing. And so I'm going to tell you this little story about Saul before he met Jesus. He was uh, hanging out with the high priest. And the high priest said, hey, Saul, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to Damascus. And, and I want you to bring back any Jewish Christians and bring them back here so we can punish them. So Saul said, cool, I'll do it. All right? That's what he did. Did his job, and, and he did it well. And so he was on the way to Damascus, and a bright light appeared. That bright light was Jesus. And, and, and so that bright light appeared, and he started to hear Jesus talking. And it even says in the Bible that the people that were with him could hear Jesus talking, but they couldn't see him. And so he has this encounter with Jesus. And hopefully we all know in this room that when you encounter Jesus, everything changes. Something got to change when you encounter Jesus. And so he encountered Jesus and something changed. And, and Jesus like, hey, you're going to go to Damascus and, you know, I'm going to send somebody to talk to you and, and uh, you're going to stop persecuting me. 
And so at, at that time, uh, he, he becomes blind and he goes back there and, and uh, he's on his way to Damascus. What's going to happen? We don't know. And, and so God, who's a great communicator, uh, God started to reach out to one of his disciples. He called him up on the phone. No, he, he reached out. He talked to one of his guys. He said, Ananias, I want you to go talk to this guy named Saul and, and talk to him about me. Now, if I was him, I would be like, heck no, God. Guess what? That's what he did, right? Because you don't want to be the guy who has to go talk to the person who's killing Christians. And you don't want to be the Christian that has to talk to this guy. I wouldn't do it. Like, that's tough. That's rough. Like, oh, oh hey, you got the wrong guy, dude. Um, so I'm, I'm not a fighter. I can't do this. And so he asks him, and he says no. And, and, and the Lord tells him, like, no, like, you're going to do this, and, and here's why. And so Ananias goes to him, and we're going to pick up in Acts 9, verses 16. And this is what he says. He goes, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you have came has sent me so you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. <coughs> and immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight and he rose and was baptized. Man, that's a, that's a powerful verse right there. I want to hit that again, just the first part. It says, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. You know, a lot of the times when we talk about Christianity, we don't tell people that they're going to suffer for Jesus' name, right? That's not something that we try to sell. It's a hard thing to sell to say that. And so Paul, at this time he was with Saul, God tells him like, hey, you're going to suffer for my name's sake, and this is what you're going to do. Going back to the verses I read a couple uh, seconds ago, it says, in order that I might preach among the Gentiles. So Paul is talking about how when he met Jesus, Jesus changed his life and said, hey, you're going to go preach among the Gentiles. And then he even said before that, like, you're going to suffer for my namesake. So now if I was Paul, I'm going to give you my version of how I would have felt if I was Paul, is if I was Paul and I was known for killing Christians, I would struggle with trying to sell Christianity. Let me give you a good example. I've been a general manager for Chipotle for a couple years uh, before I'm in the title I'm in now. And one of the things I never confronted my team on was being like a minute or two late. Do you want to know why I never confronted my team on that? I'm a minute to two or two late, minutes late to everything that I do, right? My wife's over there shaking her head. Um, so I do not, I, I struggle with being on time for certain things. And so I would never confront somebody. If you were like 15, an hour late, I'll say something. But a minute or two, like, hey, dude, we all been there. We all know it, right? And, and so I would not confront people for that. And so think about that with Paul. Like, how do you try to sell Christianity? How do you talk to people about Jesus and what he did, but also, like, you're known for, like, killing these people? Right. How did that first transaction, how did that first talk go with Paul and somebody? Hey, do you know Jesus? Hey, dude, if I say yes, you're going to kill me. So no, I don't. Let's talk about it. Like you, I, I would struggle with that. Like, and, and then on top of that, man, the feelings that I would have had if I was Paul is I would feel like, you know, I would, I would feel bad. Man, I, I would feel, what right do I have to talk to these people about Jesus? I just killed hundreds of them. We don't know how many killed, but, you know, I mean, I just killed all these people. And now I'm trying to make more Christians. What respect would I feel like I had? I would, I would, man, I would feel broken. I would feel condemned. 
I would feel lost. I would be so, I would feel bipolar of like, what am I doing with my life? For the first 30 years of it, I was killing Christians or trying to grow up in that aspect, and, and now I'm trying to make Christians. And Paul could have lived in a world where he was broken and confused and convicted and condemned, and, but he didn't. One of my favorite verses in Galatians, we're going to hit it today, it's the main verse. If you can uh, turn to 110, like I said, it's going to be on the screen, but Galatians 110. It says, it says this right here, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Man, another version, the message version, one of the ones I, I really like because it explains this very clearly. It says, do you think I speak this strongly in order to manipulate crowds or to curry favor with God? Or get a popular applause. If my goal was popularity, I wouldn't bother being Christ's slave. And you say, man, it's harsh. I, I don't want to be Christ's slave. Listen, like I said, when, when Saul met Jesus, everything changed. And so what he did is he decided he was going to surrender his life in the sense that he was going to be a slave. It wasn't a bad terminology. He wanted to do that. He said, I want to go where you go. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to say what you want me to say because when I met you, everything changed. And so he took on this ownership of it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of me. It doesn't matter about my past. It doesn't matter about what I've said, what I've done, where I've been. All that matters is I met Jesus and I want his approval. I want his approval. And so it's, it's one of those crazy things is literally almost every time I, I get to the opportunity to speak, um, it's like the Lord's working on my life with the message that I'm preaching. Okay, and so when I preach this message, I, I'm not telling you that I got it figured out. I got it all together. I'm probably the worst of these, right? I, I, I'm, I'm bad at this. And, and I'll give you a good example. So if you ever get the opportunity to speak at Grace Life, one of the things that we do is we speak in front of the staff, normally Pastor Jimmy, a couple members, and um, Pastor Jimmy asked me to speak about a month or two ago, and I was like, yeah, I love it. And he's like, hey, you're going to preach on a, uh, anything in Galatians, you can pick it. Um, he said Galatians 6-7 was great. I said, okay, I can do that. So I start planning my message, and I'm getting it all together, and probably about two weeks ago, uh, he sends me a text message, he says, hey, I, I want to, you know, you can speak on whatever you want. You're more welcome. I'm like, tug on it. Like, I just started planning this message, and now you're giving me freedom, and i rather have freedom because I don't like to stay in between the lines sometimes. And, and so he gives me some freedom, so I, like, th throw that message away, and I start planning another message. I didn't respond to him, okay? So when I didn't respond to Pastor Jimmy's text message, he sent me a text the next day and was like, or if you're going to stay with Galatians, you can preach like Galatians 1.10. That's a good one, too. And he wasn't telling me that I had to do this he wasn't, he wasn't saying, preach this, preach that, preach No, he was giving me freedom, but he was also giving me some ideas. And, and so I took those ideas and I started to make this message. And uh, one of the things, like I said, is we get to speak in front of some of the staff. Uh, and so uh, Pastor Jimmy, on Wednesday, uh, December 18th, I'm going to remember it because those are like the most nerve-wracking times of my life. <laughs> it's having to speak in an empty room. And so what we do, picture this room completely empty. And I have to get up here, uh, no worship behind me, nothing that makes me sound good or look good, and I have to preach my full message. And uh, I don't get to stop, I don't get to pause, I, I, you know, I, I got to preach it just like I would be here. And, and it's such a good thing, it, it, it gives you time for you to reflect on, hey, I did that well or I didn't do that well. And uh, I get up here and I do that and I, I get my timer ready and I'm like, go, and I start preaching. 
And uh, I like get down after I was done. I was like, all right, cool, I'm done. Like, and I come down there and uh, I was like, I didn't even take a breath. I finished the message in like 16 minutes. So you're welcome. That's your Christmas gift from me as we get out earlier. But literally the whole time I was thinking, and, and uh, Laura, one of our directors with the youth ministry, uh, I talked to her a little bit about, about it before, but she was like, Brandon, you're struggling with trying to uh, get Jimmy's approval on your message. And I wanted it to just be so perfect. I wanted to run right through it to be able to get off the stage and be like, cool, I'm there, I'm done, I got it. Just pat me on the back and let's go. And, and literally, I was so worried about Pastor Jimmy's approval. And I wasn't worried about what the Lord wanted to say. I wasn't worried about what the Lord wanted to do. I wasn't worried about how this was going to relate to anything else. In that moment, I was just worried about, I want to look good. And so, like I talked about with Paul, there were so many times if I was Paul, I would be so worried about all these different things. And the only thing he was worried about was God's approval. Lecrae, a Christian uh, rap artist, says this, and it's a great uh, quote. It says, if you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. So I'm going to relate this to you in three different ways. Number one, you might say, hey, I, I'm, I, I want everybody's approval. You live for other people's approval. And that's going to that's gonna hurt you in so many different ways. But let's talk to students first. Students, um, it's, it's peer pressure, right? If you're living for people's approval, what's going to happen is if you're at a party and, and you know someone opens a bottle of liquor or a beer or tries to pass you something, you have an opportunity to say, hey, listen, I'm a Christ follower. I don't do that. Or, or you have an opportunity to fall in and just fit in with the world. And, and how that might look like in, in your life, maybe you're at work and someone asks you to, hey, just sign on this document or, hey, make sure that um, you give this person those many hours even though you knew that they didn't work that or whatever it is. And, and you're just doing it because you want people's approval or you want to fit in or you don't want any issues or you don't want any controversy. You just want to, hey, I just want to get through today. And the Lord gave you an opportunity right there to stand up and, and do exactly what he called you to do. But, but you're so worried about other people's opinions Number two, maybe you think you can find your own way without following God's. Listen, you'll see this verse all throughout. It's not going to be up on the screen, but you'll find it in churches. You're going to find it at bookstores. You're going to find it uh, in Pastor Kent's office hanging up on the wall. But Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. So if God knows the plans for your life, why are you trying to do it on your own? Why, why are you trying to impress people and do this? If God wants you to have the promotion, you're going to have that promotion. If you're following him and you say, hey, listen, like if God has that plan and a purpose for your life, you don't need to worry about making your own way or your own path. The next verse, and here's the, here's the verse that's uh, kind of a little out there, but I, but I absolutely love it. Romans 1, 24 through 26 says, Therefore God gave them up to the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature instead of the creator who is blessed forever. Another version says, God let them go their own way. So if we try to go our own way, it's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to impurity. It's going to lead to broken hearts. It's going to, it's going to lead to so many different things. And so I, I challenge you guys, don't try to go your own way. Follow the Lord's plan. That's every day you got to ask him, God, what, what is your plan for me today? What do you want me to do? And the last one, maybe you say, I don't even know what God's way is. There's a verse that I have uh, now 
spoken to my guys. Once a year, we do a guys retreat in the youth ministry, and uh, we just talk about what does it mean to be a man of God. And I've used this verse now the past two years in a row. Um, if you're listening and you're a student, I'm going to use it next year too, so forget that. Um, but it's Micah 6, 8. And, and if you say, Brandon, I don't know what God wants me to do. I, I don't understand. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't get it. God makes it pretty simple in this verse, and that's why I love it. But in Micah 6, 8, it says this. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice. It means things are black and white. A lot of times in Christianity, that's why we have so many different denominations and so many different churches, because I like it this way, I like it that way, I want it this way. It's black and white. Jesus wants you to love justice. And that's a hard one, especially because it's followed up with, he wants you to do justice, but he wants you to love kindness. What that means is Christians, is we're called to be excited when God blesses the person you absolutely hate. That means that you got to give grace to the person you don't want to give grace to. That means you got to love them whether they like you. That you got to love them, respect them, do whatever. But they might not ever like you back. That's pretty rough. That's hard to do sometimes. And the last one, it says to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. I think Paul does such a good job at that. It's like I said, I would have lived in this world of condemnation, uh, feeling broken, messed up, confused, what's going on. And Paul was just focusing on God's approval every single day. He was focusing on God's approval. And, and one of the things I have students tell me all the time when I read that verse to them and we talk about it, we break it down, is they're all like, Brandon, everybody's doing it this way. This is how everybody at school you know, does it, or this is what people say is okay, or people are doing this, or people are doing that. Maybe you know, people are lying at your job left and right, and you just you try to do it to fit in doesn't matter what the world's doing because in Romans 12 too, it says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and so what happens is every day we got to live a life walking with the Lord and trying to impress him not anybody else and it doesn't have to be in, in trying to impress the Lord because let me let me make this very clear somebody told me this and has been one of my favorite votes uh, uh, quotes ever is you can't do anything to make you make God love you any more or any less say it again you can't make God do anything to make you love you any more or any less. He already loves you. But we get so caught up in this world of just trying to impress the person to the left or to the right of us that we forget sometimes what the Lord's called us to do. And he just wants you to walk with him. He just wants you to journey with him. He wants you to love the things that he loves. As Paul says, be Christ's slave. That's a hard, a hard thing, but it's not a bad thing. He, that means that, hey, I, I want to surrender to you, Lord. I want what you want from me. I want to take all these people to heaven with me when I go. I want to see my family come to know you. And we stop living for people's approval and we start looking for God's. Now, I got to throw this out there because there's some people, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three people, who as I say that story or we talk about that, they're like, oh, cool, I can go tell people they're going to hell. And I can go, no, don't be a jerk. All right, don't be a jerk. Love people. Love people. And what's crazy is we're called to love them. We can't compromise our, our values. We can't compromise our standards. We can't compromise things to make them love us. We've got to love them no matter what. And uh, St. Francis of Assisi says this, and this is something Paul had to live by. He says, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. And Paul did that. He didn't worry about his past. He wasn't caught up on that. You know, he just, he just wanted to be... Christ's slave. He wanted to live for him. He wanted to, you know, preach the gospel and everything that he did. And that's our challenge today. 
Okay, so last year I got to preach right before the end of the year, and I spoke on taking an inventory of your life. I spoke on looking back and making plans and, and doing all that, and I want to challenge you with the same thing again today. It is that in 2020, that's coming up in three days before that, I want you to get alone with the Lord, and I want you to write down some things that you liked about this year, things you didn't like, plans that you want for next year, and vacations that you want to do, and dreams and goals. But at the very end of it, I, I want you to write down, if you can say this, and, and you can do it, don't do it just because I told you to do it. I want you to do it because you want to do it. But I, I want you to write on there that, God, I, I just want to, I want your approval in 2020. I want to be the best, you know, Brandon I can be, or the best Mary, or the best Matt. You know, I, I want your approval, and I want to live my life the way that you want me to live. Think we can do that? Man, one of the things that I want to hear when I get to heaven is well done, good and faithful servant. And I hope that's your prayer today too in, in 2020 that we get a new fresh start, but we can live for God's approval and nobody else's. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, for just being such a good God to us. God, you have blessed us when we don't deserve it. You have met us exactly where we are, just like you met Saul in the middle of persecuting Christians. You met him right there and you loved on him. You, you could have you killed him, you could have gone this way or that way, but you loved on him. You met him exactly where he is and you put a plan and a purpose and a destiny upon his life. And so God, I pray for that for us today, that you give us a plan and a purpose and a destiny and that we live out all of our days following after you and, and just wanting your approval. God, we love you. God, and we give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you can't keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed, I want to give an opportunity for those people who say, hey, I, I've never made Christ my king. I've, I've never asked him to come into my life. I, I don't know who this, who this guy is, but I want to know him. And I want to give you that opportunity. So if you can, between yourself and God, you don't have to say it out loud. Uh, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for meeting me exactly where I am. God, thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for my sins. God, I want you to give me a life of great meaning and great purpose in your kingdom. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.